Are you frustrated with your government contracting journey? Do you feel like there's just something missing in your business, but you just can't put your finger on it? Are you finding enough opportunities? Are you struggling to win the few opportunities you do find? Do you have a plan of attack or a strategy for this market? Would you like somebody to review your current approach? Maybe it's time to consider getting a coach. Our team of coaches have helped our clients win over $13.6 billion in government contracts. We've figured out how to help companies just like you accelerate in this market. Market. If you want to find out if coaching is for you, go to federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today and fill out a coaching application. I will personally respond to your application and schedule a time for us to talk about your business. There's no cost for the session. There's no obligation. There's no hard sell or anything like that. What I will guarantee you is I will review your top challenges and give you detailed advice. And if coaching makes sense for you, I'll walk through your options. Visit federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today to get started. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everybody, Mike Lejeune with Game Changers for Government Contractors. And today I have Grant Elam on the call with me today. We're going to be talking about SCA rates and we're going to be doing a little bit of a 101 for people that aren't familiar with that. We're going to talk about a lot of words and things that you've probably heard but don't necessarily know what those are. So we're going to try to explain that. But before we get into that, Grant, why don't you take a minute to tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hey Mike, good morning. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time. So I'm the head of business development here at Boone, a wholesaler and fringe administrator, compliance, all things for the government contractor, friends and family members out there. We've been in business for almost 40 years now, headquartered here in Austin, Texas. That's where I'm sitting. Ultimately, our goal is this, providing government contractors out there a lot of education, right? First and foremost, and two, helping them grow their business by providing them some different paths to do so. What that means and what we're talking about today is very uh, topical. SCA, that's Service Contract Act and how it applies to them. And if they're bidding on contracts, what it means and how we can uh, help them with not only administration, but also provide them maybe with some benefits and some uh, rest easy at night, if you will. It's a great topic and it's very timely. Like I said, we just had some folks yesterday on one of our calls asking a whole bunch of questions about this. And, you know, my answer to them about SCA is there's a handful of areas in your business where you absolutely need to bring in experts. And this is one of them. I always talk about there's some legal stuff. There's some pricing stuff. There's just a handful of different areas in your business where most of the time as a business owner, I'm really good at executing the products or services or whatever it is we do, but not necessarily some of these other fundamentals. So I love being able to bring in an expert who can talk about this stuff and educate our clients. A lot of companies don't even understand what SCA is or how it works or anything like that. And then they go out and they win a contract and then they realize this is part of it. If that happens to somebody, what do they do next? Great question. And and like I said, timely. And what you say, you have the conversation yesterday. Look, we get this a lot. It's typically, I'll say typically in quotes, a new contractor, meaning maybe they're ex-military, maybe they've been quoting, maybe they've been doing, you know, pre-solicitations and bid 
marketing and traveling and, you know, networking yet. They just haven't won it. And then on Thursday morning, they wake up and they go, oh my gosh, I won this contract. And oh, by the way, it has this language in here that says SCA, Service Contract Act. What does that mean? Well, if they're talking to us, right? Or if they're talking to you and you refer them to us, ultimately it's this. They're having to pay not only all the base wages from the various labor categories for whatever the job is being told within the statement of work, the wage determination. So you'll have to pay, let's just say that $15 per hour for that employee, for that security guard contract. But if it has SCA, you're also having to pay those additional fringe dollars is what we call. So it's an additional wage above and beyond their base pay. As we know in the the fringe benefit world, that's typically $4 and change. The fringe rate just went up most recently. But now you're having to pay somehow, some way, those additional wages on behalf of that employee for each hour that they work on that contract. A lot of contractors, again, say, okay, great. I've got that part. Now, how do I do that? Or what can I do? Or what, what are the methods in which I can accomplish this? Great question. Well, the first and easiest way, and there's some pros and cons to this, right, is to put those additional dollars into a paycheck. We call that a cash and loot. So that is, quote, a check the box compliant way to allocate those fringe dollars. That's A-OK. But for the contractor, it leaves them, and if you follow where I'm going here, it leaves them possibly at a competitive disadvantage because not only are you having to put those dollars in their paycheck, well, along with that, the payroll tax burden increases. So now from a $15 per hour employee, that that's how much they're they're earning, right? And their take-home pay, you're now increasing that by $4 and above, right? So now it's $19 in change, right? That tax burden may not seem like a lot, but if we're talking a 50, 100, 150 person government contract, and it's a, got four years and they renew each year, right? That could be a tremendous amount of lost savings by putting those fringes into the paycheck. Make sense? Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And I, I think one of the challenges for a lot of folks, and I, I have seen this before, is clients that didn't realize what SCA was right. and they bid on the contract and they're paying that person the $15. They're rolling in a little bit of profit. So maybe they're considering charging the government $19. Right. And then they realize, oh, yeah. I'm not even break even at right. $19 on this employee. So what do I do now? And I don't know if you've got some ideas on that, but I know that's a common challenge that I've seen where people do that. They've won the contract and then go, yeah. oh, we have really bid this where there's either little or no margin. What do we do? Again, another another great question. And where contractors find themselves, I'll say in, in the timeline, in the lifespan of that contract, I'll say the good thing is maybe they've, they've successfully identified the problem, right? Which, oh gosh, we didn't know what we were doing and now we've got to do something. Here's another real world example. What if, oh, by the way, there's SCA language within that contract and you're of a certain size now. Let's say you have 75 full-time eligible employees that now you're needing to offer major medical benefits in order to comply with the Affordable Care Act. So you see how contractors might find themselves not only potentially losing out on on the the past, let's say six months, but now they're also contributing toward or having to contribute toward a major medical verifiable benefit plan to keep them in compliance with the Affordable Care Act. 
oftentimes we like to say there's no no time like the present, right? To make a change is say, hey, great. You identified the problem. The good news now is you can quickly write the ship. You can articulate and communicate to your employees starting, uh, let's just say September 1st, you have a new bona fide fringe benefit plan in place today. And your fringe dollars will now be used to utilize the various benefit lines that we have. And we have those here at Boone from major medical, ancillary, you know, your dental, your vision, your life to retirement plans. So you can see where on a go forward basis, right? The contractor can, like I said, write the ship, but at least they've identified on, on a point in time of, well, the past is the past. We've been paying out that cash. Well, we can rip the bandaid off and make a change for the future. Right. For those that don't know, what are fringe benefits? So fringe benefits are, are typically in the form of, you know, various categories, right? So one of which I mentioned at the top, fringe benefits can be in the form of, these are bona fide compliant benefits provided by wage and hour Department of Labor, right? These can go in the tune of cash. So you can utilize those additional dollars and put them toward cash. So again, that's compliant. You can also put them toward what's what's known as bona fide benefits. And so that is to the tune of life insurance, major medical, short-term, long-term, dental, vision, retirement, pension, all of those are compliant, bona fide fringe benefits usages. And again, another question that that we get from contractors is this, well, we decided, uh, we as the employer, the contractor, we decided to only utilize some of those dollars toward bona fide benefits. And we decided to use the other toward, you know, we needed to build another wing to our building. Uh, Bad. Can't do that, right? That's a big no-no. Each dollar that that employee and each hour that that employee works on that SCA job, those fringe dollars have to go to that employee somehow, some way. And what we're in the business of doing is say, hey, contractor, if you didn't know, now you know, right? As we kind of walk them through this, these are the methods in which you can utilize. We could, again, show you the pros and cons. We like to ask a lot of questions up front to say, hey, what are you doing today? What hurts? What doesn't? Where do you want to go? Do you have a legacy plan in place? Whatever that might look like. But at the end of the day, hey, are you of a certain size where you need to offer major comprehensive benefits? Well, that leads us on one path. Are you of a certain size where you only have a handful of SEA employees? Yet, you do want to set the environment of not paying those fringes out in cash. So when you do get larger, you can easily transition to a major medical plan and and various benefits. That's a path. Or maybe it's this. Maybe you say, hey, we are employees. You know, we see this a lot uh, in the construction world, which isn't, I know that we're talking SCA today, but uh, those wages and those fringes are typically a lot more, a lot higher in hourly rate. Some of those fringes can be used completely toward retirement, completely toward a pension plan. Hmm. And so again, having the alternatives and having the conversation with the contractor, contractor and really the consultant. And, and oftentimes that's that's where we kind of one in the same, where it's a broker, a consultant that works with that employer, if they're that size and established group where we can engage them and say, hey, here's the, the, the methods that which we can accomplish a common goal. Talk to me a little bit about the contractor's obligation here when it comes to SCA. I'm thinking kind of in a path here of one, when I see a new contract, where am I going? Uh, I know there's a a couple of websites, but where am I going or where do you recommend to figure out what those rates are? And then how do you stay compliant, not only in the proposal, but after you've won with like the tracking piece of it? Again, very 
very good questions. You know, one one of which is this. You know, we 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 like to say this. We're not in the business at Boone, and it's it's again, it's a good point. We're not in the business to Boone to facilitate and I'll say help in that pre-solicitation process. What we're in the business of doing is this. Hey, contractor, if you are out there and you are bidding on these contracts, and oh by the way, it's a janitorial work, it's private security, it's armed security, it's USPS mail hauling for local routes. It's a little bit of home health. It is, you know, your various, I'll say hourly component jobs. Okay. Those jobs typically fall under what's known as the Service Contract Act, SCA. So there's that piece. Some of the sites, and these are common, you know, SAM.gov is is a big one. USAspending.gov is another great resource that's out there that you can see in terms of the different departments of the government and the different agencies and what the contracts that have been let out from the past, you know, day to the past, you know, six years. Very good resource. But once a contractor has the win in hand, right? You know, let's just say they've gone through the fun of a protest, which seems to be happening more and more out there, and it's theirs. And they identify that, okay, we have these SCA dollars in our contract. What do we have to do now? Well, the onus now is squarely on the contractor to make sure they're doing things right. For a contractor, this might be very foreign to them, or they might have done this if they worked at a, you know, a larger government contractor in the past and, and they, they saw kind of on the sideline how this process worked and now it's now it's theirs. Oh boy. They have to track and maintain and manage how the fringe dollars are tracked per employee per hour down to the penny for each hour that that employee is working on continuous on that job. That means that if I have, you know, a hundred employees and, you know, five different job sites, and let's just say they might have multiple different fringe rates, okay, depending on the history of that, that contract, depending on, on what they're doing, they might have to now internally look at each other and go, well, who's going to manage this? Who's going to track it? And this could be done for a contractor. This is where we typically see somebody having an Excel spreadsheet or a QuickBooks and their fingers crossed, they're tracking accordingly. You know, they're making sure, let's just say if they're paying in cash today, they're applying it toward that paycheck and make sure that's done right. But really for a contractor, that's not their specialty. And especially for those that are, you know, just getting started and just, you know, starting to win contracts, typically that's not their strength. That's not their experience. Minding the rules of the road obviously isn't there as well. So that's where we really can engage with a contractor to say, hey, let us have a conversation, let us engage, and we can take that off. We can take that load, that work away from you. And we can have, we can do that ourselves. We do the fringe accounting and tracking process. We have our own general in-house legal counsel that if knock on wood, if and when that DOL comes a knocking on your door, wanting to see how these things were tracked and applied on behalf of your SCA employees, they're pointing to us. And that that's a comfortable position for us to be in because like, I said, this is what we do for business. That's why I always say it's nice to have an expert on your team that can go through this stuff for you and be you know held accountable a bit with you, you know, and, and you're not just yourself out there being held accountable by the Department of Labor coming in and, and asking a bunch of questions. You don't even know what they're asking, right? Because right. that's typically part of the problem. I'm glad you, you mentioned USA Spending and SAM.gov. I think a lot of people don't realize if you just go to SAM.gov, literally right there on the homepage, there is a link called Wage Determined 
determinations and you click on that and you can put in the role that you're trying to find and you can go through and figure that out. One of the things that I learned when I was going through this the first time that I thought was was kind of eye-opening was how different it is per municipality. So if I go from one city to another in the country, these wage determinations can be drastically different where you might be looking at, you, you know, you'd mentioned about $4 an hour on, on somebody earlier. That might be for, let's say, Florida. But if you go to St. Louis, it might be $8 an hour. Right. And it may be broken into two categories where there's the health and welfare, H&W, is a, I think is how they call it. There's a right. health and welfare one of like four and a quarter. And then there's an additional category with another four and a quarter that you've got to provide in those benefits. So I think looking at or knowing the area that you're working in is a big part of it because you can't just assume, well, these are SCA rates and I can apply this across the board, even though I'm working in 50 states. That's a no-go, right? I would say this, and just to clarify, I'll say a lot of, and I mentioned it earlier, and not to you know mix the, the conversation, bringing in you know Davis-Bacon and prevailing wage wages, right, in the conversation. But in that world, and when we say Davis-Bacon prevailing wage, we think construction, right? Think the new infrastructure bill that's being talked about. That's really where you see that variation in fringe, is what we call it. You see the variation in fringe based on where the job is being done. So down here in Central Texas, obviously the prevailing wages on a various job site will look a lot different than they will in, let's just say, downtown New York City or in South Florida or in California. So in the Davis-Bacon prevailing wage world, that's really, and again, you know, the, the job is squarely on the contractor to make sure they are allocating and paying their employees, their contract employees, the right amount making sure those labor categories, the wages included in that statement of work are complying, right? They're evening out. Now in the SCA world, this is, I was going to pivot for a second, Mike. In the SCA world where contractors, and this is kind of what we've been seeing a lot in the past several years is, you know, the fringe rate hasn't really kept up with the cost of benefits. As we're coming out of the past two and a half years of COVID and the cost of healthcare, you know, rising through the roof, a lot of contractors, that let's just say in the past have been applying those fringes toward, you know, the cost of a, a medical plan per se, those fringe dollars aren't keeping up. And I'm just talking about the employee only tier level. You imagine you start talking in, you know, dependents and a family rate, how the, the cost of that is just skyrocketed. You know, most recently the fringe rates have increased. The one most recently, 423, gone up to 441. And that's with that, you know, exactly executive order 13706 and the sick leave, sick leave requirements, if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. So again, that's that's detail, but this is all the stuff that these contractors are now going, well, at least I got an increase. So that's a good thing. Maybe that's coming in the near term. But two, if they do have a medical plan, again, they're feeling the pinch because, hey, by going up just a little bit, the cost of the coverage, especially if it's a comprehensive plan, is just not keeping up. Right. Exactly. All really good stuff. If you could leave the audience with maybe two or three like major takeaways from this discussion, what would those be? 
two main takeaways in our conversation will start with this. One, what is the contractor doing today? We like to look under the hood, have the conversation, discover where they want to grow and go with their business. And that will help us align, especially if we're talking about SCA, what strategy to implement. Again, whether it's talking to the contractor themselves, as well as their broker consultant involved, because really that's where we engage because we do have benefit plans. We do administer those plans. We're a full claims paying third-party administrator. So all those pieces are, I'll say, down the line. But first and foremost, if a contractor is willing, (laughs) and most should be, if a contractor is willing to engage us and have a conversation about what they're doing today and maybe what they want, where do they want to go? That's a great place to start. And number two, fear not. Uh, What you've done in the past is the past and you, it's always a great time to make a change. Like I said, no time like the present to make a change, especially when it comes to SEA fringe dollars. I have two that I'll, I'll leave here as well. I think the first one is educate yourself. Number one, just educate yourself on stuff like this. If you hear something like this and I know it's so easy to hear it and it sort of make your eyes gloss over, right. you know, what did they just talk about for 20 right. minutes? If you're in that bucket where you've heard the podcast and you're like, I don't understand anything in this podcast that was said, or I understand very little about this. That's a good indication that you might need to educate yourself on this topic and just learn more about it because it does affect a lot of contracts, which to me, that's kind of my parting takeaway is educate yourself on your contracts. I can't tell you how often somebody signs a contract and they've not read the stuff that's in it, whether it is SCA, whether it is CMMC type of stuff or cybersecurity or anything else, there's FAR clauses in there that you are saying it's a contract. Mm -hmm. Understand that winning a contract is not just winning money. It's a contract. Mm -hmm. It's an agreement between you and the government where you say you are going to do everything that's on paper. I think at a minimum, more contractors should actually review that stuff instead of just jumping up and down saying, yes, we want it. And let's go collect the money and put people on site. Read through that. Know what you're signing because there's some stuff in there that can trip you up. Because again, you're agreeing to do those things, not just the work they're asking you to do, but all of the little provisions and FAR clauses that they just shove in there for sometimes 18 pages, right? You're agreeing to do all of that stuff. And so educate yourself on what's actually in your contracts and it'll just make you smarter and a better contractor. So Grant, thanks for coming on and talking about all this stuff today. I will have all your contact information on the website. So if anybody has any questions for you, anything, they can reach out to you or you can reach out to me and I can do an intro email to you, whatever you're most comfortable with. Thanks for coming on and talking about this. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Mike. Appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers. Thank you.